Good morning, church family. Feliz Domingo, also known as Happy Sunday. Welcome, welcome. Um, if you're new here, um, we're glad you're here. If you've been coming here for a while, uh, thank you. We love you. Um, just wanted to start off with a couple of notes. We've got uh, a new ladies Bible study uh, going on with Beth Moore. Um, the now, okay, thank you, Cynthia. Um, apparently, Cynthia and Nellum's group has already started. Uh, they are one lesson in, um, and my wife, uh, her her group is starting on Thursday, uh, the twentieth at nine a.m. Um, Nellum and uh, and Cynthia's group is Monday nights at six p.m. at Nellum's farmhouse. Well, hello, Cohen family. Welcome, Redbeard. Another red beard. We got competition. Okay. All right. Um, that's it. Justin Turner. You got it. A couple things. The yellow card in the uh, pew in front of you is to connect. That's also how you can get your prayer request. Uh, you can put it in the back. Um, also, the uh, giving envelope is in the pew in front of you. You can uh, put it in the box in the back. Pastor Gary sent me a text the other day, and I just, looking at what's going on in the Middle East, um, I'm somber today. And I, I wanted to pray through a scripture. It's the linchpin of the Old Testament. It's 2 Chronicles 7, 14. It says, if my people, who are called by my name, humble themselves and pray, and seek my face, and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven, forgive their sin, and heal their land. Let's pray. Father, you are so worthy. Nothing happens to a sparrow that you don't ordain. But Father, as we think about what's going on around the world, the discourse, we ask, Lord, that you would heal this land. Father, for the people that are under the sound of my voice right now, I ask that you would bless us, that you would keep us, that you would cause your face to shine upon us. We need you desperately, Lord. We thank you that you're already going to accomplish what you want to. So as we prepare this morning, we offer ourselves as a sacrifice. Have your way in our hearts and our minds. Thank you that you love us so much that you sent your son to die on a cross to save us from our sins so we could enter into a relationship with you. Bless the worship team. Bless Pastor Gary. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Stand with us, would you please?
Jesus Christ, our Savior, loves us in a very powerful way, and this song speaks about a number of those ways that he loves us and shows his love for us. We uh, ask for you to sing this song with us with some feeling, and think about that as we uh, quiet our hearts and get ready to hear the sermon after this.
pray. Lord, we thank you that of the, the meaning of this song and how uh, you came to this earth, you lived a perfect life, and uh, died on a cross for the forgiveness of our sins. Lord, we are, it's a precious thing, and, and it's, we're reminded of it each week as we come here and sing these songs. Lord, we pray that you will keep that foremost in our hearts and our minds of your love, your forgiveness, and how you've cleansed us from all of our sins and even the, maybe the crazy things we might have said on the way to church this morning you would love us that much father we now we at this time we want to pray for our pastor gary who is going to speak to us from the word of god teach us from the book of jo joshua father we're thankful that we have a pastor and and this beautiful campus that we have we enjoy we thank you for your provisions and we pray that you would bless him as he speaks to us, bring to his memory the things that he's prepared, and may your word, your will, work in our hearts and our lives as we listen to what he has to teach us. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you. Be seated. <clears throat> Wanted to do something before we get into the message. You can go ahead and turn to John, Joshua chapter 4, and uh, Joe, would you take care of the, the, the mic right there, please? Um, so, uh, welcome everyone, and I'm glad to be able to meet uh, some guests with us today. I hope that you feel comfortable being here today, and I, I'm glad to meet you, and uh, uh, for the most part, we're pretty nice. <laughs> yeah. Even Wayne. Yeah. Well, we're glad you're here. If we can help you in any way, please let us know. Um, so, uh, we've been talking about Joshua chapter 4. I want to tell you, parents and grandparents, if you want your, your children to trust God, you have to give an examples where you, your faith is being evident to our children and to our grandchildren. We talked about the memory stones that Joshua set up and as the children would come by, what mean these stones? Let me tell you what God did. And if God hadn't showed up, we would have been in a terrible hurt. But God did show up, and you can trust God with any area, with any season, anything in your life. And so we talk about that. And then I was meeting with Mary Beth. Mary Beth, why don't you come up here, please? And she told me, one of those God stories, and I thought it would be great for us to start hearing about people's faith being lived out in their life. Now, this is Mary Beth. Everybody say, hello, Mary Beth. Hello, Mary Beth. Uh, she, we're going to see more of her around here uh, because she has come today also to join our church, and she'll be a member. Yeah. So thanks to uh, Joe. You know what she said? I don't know if he was going to say this, but. Yeah, so that's what she said. <laughs> what did you say about that? I'll let you say that, and then you share your story. Well, I've been through some experiences in churches, and sometimes it leaves you withdrawn and maybe hesitant. And I haven't actually been a member of a church since 1989. Mm -hmm. And... Um, I've known Joe since he was maybe five, and we grew up together. And when I heard he was coming to this church, I thought, it's probably a safe place. Hmm. 
Little did I know. Anyway. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, wait till you get to know us. (laughs) Yeah. So that is uh, how I come here. And after meeting with Pastor Gary, I just, I was moved to actually make a decision and actually do this. Amen. Amen. Let me say a prayer blessing over this. And then I want to share, wanted to share a story. Father, we're grateful to how that you have brought us together. And God, you don't do anything without some purpose in mind. And you have a purpose for Mary Beth being part of this family. And God, I pray that uh, she will just be able to fit right in and, and to know your love and encouragement and um, other things that, that would help her in her journey from being part of this family. And so, Father, I pray that you'd help us have um, the right relationship with her, to be always to be a friend and to love her. And God, I know that there's some bad experiences, and I don't know the details, but God, I pray. God, I pray that Mary Beth will always have good memories of being part of this family. I pray for everybody to have that. God, you you don't want anybody to come into a a family called the family of God and be a part of a local church and and have a bad experience. That is not your plan. And so I pray that we'll always be a healthy place for healthy, to help people to be healthy. Thank you for the testimony of Joe and Debbie, what they mean to this church and this community. And uh, so I thank you how you've moved on Mary Beth's heart. And God, again, we ask a blessings upon this commitment as we uh, walk together, fulfilling your purpose in this community. In Jesus' name, amen. So I was telling uh, Pastor Gary uh, one of my God stories. My life is nothing but God stories. Uh, it's a miracle I was ever saved. And uh, As I mentioned, I went all through school with Joe and his older brother, Jim. And Jim and I were in the same class. And actually, Jim started praying for me in the third grade. Hmm. And at age 23, Jesus came for me. And getting saved, I was a very unlikely candidate. (laughs) So it took all those years of prayer. And then began in my life these God stories, these things where God shows up. And so one of the most recent ones that is just so dramatic is three years ago, um, our class was having a 50th year reunion, and I was on the committee. And from the very beginning, we started like 18 months in advance working on it. And from the very beginning, I felt absolutely impressed to do something to reach every classmate with the gospel. And God just gave me a heart for every classmate that uh, I went to school with. So I'm not a person that has a lot of creative ideas. I'm just sort of a, you know, factual thinker. And uh, and I began to pray, well, what am I going to do? So finally, he said, well, give them all a gift bag. And I'm like, okay, gift bags, they're safe. I can do that. And then I'm like, okay, well, what do I put in the gift bag? (laughs) 
So I prayed about that for a while. And he said, you could put a tract in the gift bag, you know, and something else, something nice, which, you know, I'd have to try to come to that idea later. And so I began looking for tracts. And um, I went on the Internet, and I ordered tracts. And I went up to the Christian bookstore, and I looked at tracts. And I even went down to Grace Community Church and went through their bookstore. And um, I didn't find any tract that, well, this is what I say, they were cheesy. And, you know, I'm known to be a little opinionated, and I thought they were cheesy, and I would be embarrassed to give these out to my classmates. And so I just began to pray, began to pray, began to pray. Month after month passed, month after month passed. We were like maybe six weeks out, and I'm supposed to have these gift bags for like, you know, about 100 classmates. And so one morning... Jim called me. He was actually the president of our class, but I mean, we weren't, we didn't talk that much. But out of the blue, he called me and he goes, I have to tell you a story. I'm like, okay. He said, last night I had a dream. It was so vivid, so strong. Really, it was almost like a vision. And in the dream, I was giving somebody the gospel and I had to leave. And so I turned to them and said, I have to go, but it's all here in this little booklet. And he said, it left me so shaken that I got up in the middle of the night and sat down and wrote the booklet. And I was like, let me see it. (laughs) And I saw it, and it is the best thing I have ever seen. So this gospel booklet went into every gift bag along with some other stuff the Lord finally gave me some ideas about. But I have used this booklet to pray with people to receive Christ. And uh, I give them out as the Lord leads. And I might say something like, you know, if somebody's in distress and I'm out talking to people in public because I talk to everybody, uh, I will say, if you will promise me that you will read this book, I promise you I will pray for you for 10 days. And then I try to get back to them. So that is the story of this book. And... Pastor Gary is going to make these available to anyone who wants them, um, although the order is in, they have not arrived. So that's my story of God showing up. Amen. I thought that was uh, inspiring to me and bless you as well. And if you have a story such as that, we'd love to hear about that and uh, to testify. We can't get enough about the amazing God that we have and what he's doing in our life. That inspires us. We come, and you may be at a low spot in your life, and when you hear stories like that, it helps us get over those bumps in life. And so I encourage you uh, to reveal or share those things. I I, I encourage you and I challenge you to have a life that has, as what uh, Mary Beth said, there's one God story after another, after another, how God has used... uh, you and worked in your life. So if you have your Bibles, I want to turn to the book of Joshua, and we're going to go to the fourth chapter. Uh, there should be a pew Bible front of you if you'd like to read along, Joshua chapter 4. If you'd like to follow the notes, they should be there with you as well. So this morning, as we look at Joshua chapter 4, we're going to talk about God's crossover, how that we have crossovers in our life. Why was it so important to God to ask Joshua to lead the children of Israel 
to cross over the Jordan Richard, which was set at a flood stage in a land field with 32 kings who would go to war with Israel. It's kind of like, you know, remember when Daniel, the prophet, why would God throw a perfectly good prophet into a lion's den? Why does God do that? Why, why was the promised land so special to God? You know, as we think about today, and it's already been said with um, Aaron praying for Israel, and now the, the bombs are, are, you know, are flying and, and just some terrible things that are happening. And uh, listen, you cannot believe everything. I hope you, we all know that. You cannot believe every side of what the news puts on, on, on the report. You have to be careful with that. As there are some things that that are happening that aren't really true. It appears to be true, but it's, it's not. I, there are bombs, definitely people are dying, they are, but how that they are and why that they're doing is a different story. But why was the promised land so special, God? You know, they, they said, you know, the, the scripture talks about it being a land flowing with milk and honey, and really, if you were to take a, a plane and fly over there, you would say, this is not a land flowing with milk and honey to me. You know, when we think of something like that, we think of the Garden Eve, but, but that wasn't the case. Why would God lead them there? Why, wasn't there a, another piece of property that would be available for them to go without the price tag of people dying and fighting for it? And it does seem harsh, doesn't it, that God would lead them into that and to have this battle and take those that were there, and remove them and occupy the land. And there's a good reason for that. We'll talk about that at a later date. So as they crossed the Jordan River, I don't believe they fully understood the why God would promise Canaan to be their new place to live. And maybe they did. But I, I don't think they fully understand what God was doing. They just followed because God told them to go to this promised land. And when God leads you to cross over, there's always a step of faith to be taking. There is an element of the unknown because it is faith. There is a mystery that covers what God says to do if it's to be done by faith. There is a mystery. There is the element of the unknown. There's a cutting of the, of the self-reliance coming to the end of ourselves. For God... To carry out, we come to the end of ourselves when totally depending upon God to carry us across. You know, it was about six years ago when Cindy and I crossed over the Jordan River, but at that time it was the California state line. <laughs> it was the U-Haul full of our stuff. We're coming to an unknown world, an unknown people, to a little place called Somos church was in critical condition and we knew that as we came forward and you graciously called us to be your pastor and we were excited about that and we still are that if God didn't show up we were going to sink but we knew God was leading us and I think that is the key when we're thinking about the crossover. When you think of it, when you know that God is leading you 
to do something, then God is going to show up and he's going to provide as he leads. Listen to, uh, as I read out of the book of Hebrews chapter 11, we'll get into verse in just a moment. Hebrews chapter 11, it is said about the nation of Israel, about this, this time frame. Here in Hebrews 11, it says, By faith the people crossed the Red Sea as on dry land, but the Egyptians, when they t- attempted to do the same, were drowned. And by faith the walls of Jericho fell down after they had been encircled seven days. And we'll be going to that in a, in a couple chapters. And by faith, Rahab, the prostitute, did not perish with those who were disobedient. We just talked about that. By faith, they were able to cross over. By faith, God gave them the victory. By faith, Paul said that we are to, to have a life that we are walking by faith and not by sight. And living by faith and not by sight is the normal Christian experience. In fact, it's not even just normal. It's it's. Abnormally, as far as is as exciting and as adventure. If you have not discovered that following God is truly an adventure, like no other way you can live life. The Hebrew children, they're crossover people. In fact, the word Hebrew means crossover. And it's interesting that the book of Hebrew is, is like the crossover from the Old Testament to the New Testament. And so it's the crossover. The Hebrew children, the Nations are crossover people. Abraham crossed over from false gods to the one and true God. He crossed over physically by leaving his homeland and coming to the promised land. The Israelites were delivered from the Egyptians as they crossed through the Red Sea, and they crossed over through the Jordan River into the promised land. And of course, this is a great picture as believers, as we know, it's a great picture of the deliverance of salvation. We also cross over from death to life. And how do we do that? Through faith in Jesus Christ. So let me challenge you. Let me challenge you. When was the last time you were led by God to do a crossover by faith? Do you know if God didn't show up, whatever he was leading you to do, was it going to happen? It was going to fail. Follow God is to have crossovers like we read in Joshua. So let me encourage you in your faith to walk with God, to follow God, to have those crossover moments that I'm willing to take that step and go to the other side. Let's look at Joshua chapter 4 and verse 19. It says, The people came up out of the Jordan on the tenth day of the first month and encamped at Gilgal on the east border of Jericho. And those twelve stones which they took out of the Jordan, Joshua set up at Gilgal. So here's what God wants to know. He first of all wants to know the time, and he wants to know the location. There's something that he wants to know, or he would not have revealed that. So God wants to know the time. So let's look at the timeline of God's crossover. The timeline of God's crossover. The history of, of this date. You know, in the history of the month, that it was on the first day of the month was their New Year's. So this, this is, uh, is the month of Nisan. And so this this month here, this Nisan month, is the, the first day of that month is the New Year's where they're starting off. It is also the 40 years to the month when they exited from Egypt, and God said, you're going to be doing this, wandering the wilderness for 40 years, and then I'm going to give you the promised land. Amazing story here that God would do that at this time to deliver, deliver them across the Jordan River into the promised land. And it was on the 10th day of the first month 
this Nisan, which was the very day that they cross over and is one of the most significant days in the Bible. It was the day each family selected a lamb for the Passover sacrifice and presented to the priest to be inspected and declared worthy to be sacrificed. You can read that in Exodus 12, verses 1, 2, and 3. So it's the day that they selected the lamb, the lamb that was to be that Passover for their protection, for their sins, uh, uh, for the, uh, to, to spare the judgment of God. Nisan was also this 10th day of this month was also when Jesus came into the temple. That triumph entry, 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 entry. <laughs> into the triumphal entry into Jerusalem to present himself as a living sacrifice. Questioned by the authority, observed that he, he was sinless, challenged and judged to be worthy of the sacrifice for our sins. Listen, this happened when Abraham spoke, uh, God spoke to Abraham 800 years before this time in Joshua that he heard God's promise to give them this land which they would call home. And there are times our faith will be tested as we wait upon God, and this can be one of the most difficult things. When we know God is leading us, and we know that as a step of faith, and we're waiting for God to show up, we're waiting for his promise to be fulfilled, we're waiting for his return, we're waiting for, for something to happen to, uh, in our lives or God to work in our children or grandchildren. We're waiting for those things. It can be the most difficult thing is to wait for God to show up. But I want to tell you, my friend, God will always make his promises good in his time, which is perfect timing. God will always keep his promises so we see the timeline that God had a perfect timing when this was to happen, and then it truly did happen at the 40-year mark. But also, why did God choose this location? The location of the crossover was according to God's plan. And so we see that in this area here is actually quite famous in the scriptures. It was the place here at the Jordan River where, where the... Uh, Elijah had gone on to heaven, and Elisha had received a double portion from Elijah, seeing him going. And so he came to the Jordan River, and he smoked it, smoked it, smote it. <laughs> I can tell you, you can sit, tell, I'm, I'm missing my wife. I'm just falling apart here. I'll use that excuse. He smoted it. He struck it. It parted, <laughs> and he went, and he goes across. This is also where Naaman was healed by dipping in the Jordan seven times, and it was healed. It's also a place where John the Baptist, I mean, this is not, the Jordan River was, you know, I think it's about 120 miles long or something like that, and, and so this, in this area where they cross were these events that happened. It's where John the Baptist baptized Jesus. This place, as we read, is they were to come to this place, cross the river, and go to a place called Gilgal, mentioned 30 times in the Bible, 39 times. And this became like this headquarters for as Israel was going in, and it was, it was like the, the place where they would meet, and then they'd go out and conquer the land. The first thing that they did was take the stones, and they would stack them up at, the, at, at Gilgal, 
And it, of course, and it was a, a memorial um, thing to, to remind them, let's forget how God delivered us and, and had taken care of us. But also, I, I think it could be maybe, and then maybe they did this by faith, that they stood up those stones because in that day and times when you wanted to mark off a property, you had stones that you would, there were landmarks. Maybe it was part of that as well, that, that by faith they were claiming that this is God's promise that's going to give us his land. And so there's the marker. We're putting our marker. This is God's property. This is God's promise being revealed. But why did God promise this particular real estate to Abraham and his descendants? When Israel crossed into Canaan, the land that God had promised them in those days, it was called the crossroads of the earth. It was the connecting point from Africa to Egypt, from Europe to Asia. If you wanted to go anywhere in the world at that time, you pass through this land that God said this is the promised land. It was one of the most strategic places in the world at that time. Whoever controlled these routes controlled the world. So was God trying to conquer the world? The answer is yes, but not how you might think. Promised land, this land that they were entering, this Canaan, which Canaan is, is from descended of uh, the, one of the sons of Noah, and this land, Canaan, and here they were. It was, it was on one side, you had the Mediterranean Sea, and on the other side, you had this vast desert. And so it was this bottleneck of land, this Greenland, that they would travel through. From the north to the south, there was a famous road called the Via del Morosa, and eventually connected to the Silk Road. Do you know that Israel... And the, the news today, and you think of all that's happening, Israel. Israel is only 290 miles long and 85 miles wide. As we follow them, go back into Revelation, and you follow the end times, and this, this little piece of property upon the world, Jerusalem itself, is like the centerpiece of God working and still we see today and how that things are escalating and, and that's a centerpiece of, of God's activity that he's showing, he's revealing himself to the world, these things would happen. Why is all this significant that God would say, I want you to go and you choose this land? Again, we go back to when God told Abraham, he said he would bless all the nations of the world. If God wanted to bless and reach the world, this was the place to be. And still today, it is a strategic place to connect the world. When they had the temple and the tabernacle, it was always put in the center of Israel, the nation of Israel, so that everyone have access. And God strategically brought the, the children of Israel to this place so that the world could see God at work and be revealed to them. It was one of the greatest locations to reveal God and how he loved the world. And this world, and even then and even now, is desperately seeking for a hope. And so the world was there. And the Spirit of God came and moved him there because God had it in his heart to reach this world. Sin had came in and separated 
and evil and the wickedness of the world had increased and sin was rampant, and God wanted to come in and to bring his salvation, his deliverance from them. It could only accomplish when they would cross over by faith and say, God, use our country, use us to be a testimony to the world. The crossover truth, God steps in so that you can step across. And the priest, as they would go forward and as they would touch the water and with their, foot, their feet, the waters departed, but not until then. My friend, that's a key. You know, we can wrestle with things and we can look at the crossover. We can be right here on the edge, you know, and say, God, what do you want me to do? And, oh, God, I'll, all right, I know what you, you want me to do. And, and, and now, God, I don't know. It always takes that step of faith to go forward. The greatest truth of this is when the gospel, when God stepped in, he sent Jesus Christ to die on a cross for your sins. That God stepped in so you and I could cross over into the kingdom of God. Are you at a point, my friend, where God is asking you to cross over? Are you at a place where, you know, you just, I need to step over. God's wanting me to do this. God is working. God is the, and again, there's no crossing unless there's faith. It's trust God. Say, God, I'm going to go forward with your lead. And when we do step in by faith according to what he asks us to do, God shows up. Let me go ahead and read Joshua chapter 4, and we'll go to verse 19. I'll go all the way to chapter 5, verse 1. And the people came up out of Jordan on the 10th day of the first month, and they camped at Gilgal on the east border of Jericho. And those 12 stones which they took out of Jordan, Joshua set up Gilgal. And he said to the people of Israel, when your children ask their fathers in times to come, what do these stones mean? Then you shall let your children know Israel passed over this Jordan on dry ground. For the Lord your God dried up the waters of Jordan for you until you passed over, as the Lord your God did to the Red Sea, which he dried up for us until we passed over, so that all the peoples of the earth may know that the hand of the Lord is mighty, and that you may fear the Lord your God forever. God can be trusted. Chapter 5, let's read one verse. And as soon as all the kings of the Amorites, who are beyond the Jordan to the west, and all the kings of the Canaanites, who were by the sea, heard that the Lord had dried up the waters of the Jordan for the people of Israel until they crossed over. Their hearts melted, and there was no longer any spirit of them because of the people of Israel. Listen, at a crossover, God acts, and people notice. God acts. Again, it is the heart of God to get people's attention to reveal that God can be trusted. When they cross over the Jordan River, Jericho was sitting there watching, and it wasn't too far away, and geographically, the location of Jericho wasn't too far away. Gilgal was about eight miles from the Jordan River, and then it's right outside of Jericho. 
And it was elevated, and they could see the valley, down in the valley, you could see that. And, and if this is true, it is estimated when the Jordan River was backed up to Adam, which was about 20 miles from that crossing point, that the water stacked up, up to about 100 to 120 feet in the air. And could you imagine if you're, you're at Jericho and you hear about these people and you hear about the cross of Red Sea, you hear what happened in Egypt, and then they're on your front door, and then you see the Jordan River stacked up and the water just stacking up to, to that height. You could imagine how they must have felt. We can let the world and its false confidence in intimidate us. The magnificent of Jericho, the, the giants in the land. But never forget, behind the false front of a person without God, he or she doesn't have the slightest idea where he came from and why he is here or where he's going after death. He or she has to create a sense of self-purpose or, or self-fortification to fight the fears of the unknown that they don't have any true answers about. There is a haunting in their heart. They have no appreciation of the grace of Jesus Christ and the joy of knowing that their sins are forgiven forever by the blood of Jesus Christ. One who is without God Here's rumors that there may be a God that can be trusted and inwardly desire to know if there is a God and does he love me? Can I be accepted by God? You see, the citizens of Jericho could, could actually handle their gods. They had many gods. Their gods were made of clay and stone. They had God makers that would actually fashion their, their little gods and they would buy them. Their fertility God had no reputation of parting waters or providing manna and quail or being led by a pillar of fire by night and a cloud by the daytime. They watched as the God, Jehovah Jireh, the God of Israel, parted the waters and they saw two to three million people cross the river, uh, the Jordan River on dry ground. They looked at their gods, and they looked at the nation of Israel's God, and their hearts melted. Friends, we have people watching us as believers. We must be a people of faith. We must have an active faith that, that's not, you know, as, as James puts it, that's, that's not dead, but, but it's very active. That people can see our faith, and, and because of our faith, that they will come or look or consider that maybe they have a God that we could trust. I believe the world is dying to see someone different, some, something bigger than life, and something that will fill that God-sized hole in their heart that only he can fill. And by faith, they crossed over as the world took notice. And I asked myself, what is happening in my life that people would stop and take notice and consider my God? 
Where is, the, where is the Jordan River parting moments where people can say, and I, and I want to have those moments, and I know you as well. And it's, you know, it's, it's not something that we have to manufacture, and we just have to follow God because God always takes us to a place of faith. He always takes us to this place where we're going to have to step across and we have to trust him. We, it happens that our friends may look to us and trust us and trust our God. It was an ordinary day of commuting by, of Cameron Hellebeater. The 20-year-old film student made his way down the steps to a New York City subway station to wait for a train. All of a sudden, something went horribly wrong in this young man's brain, sending him into a violent seizure. Cameron fell to the ground and got back up again and began stumbling along the edge of the subway platform. Moments later, he tumbled down onto the railway bed, and just as the rumbling of an approaching train began to shake the station. No one managed to capture the moment on video, but we knew how the people in the subway probably reacted. Some turned away. Eyes clenched against the horror was happening. Other commuters stood frozen in a sense of utter helplessness. Others were in such a hurry to get where they need to go that they missed the moment altogether. In mere seconds, a young man with his dreams of becoming a Hollywood producer would meet an unthinkable violent end, and no one could stop it. No one could stop it. Except one man did. It was a 50-year-old construction worker named Wesley Autry. He did the unthinkable. Autry crossed the border of horror that withered all the others in the subway. He pulled his feet from the concrete shoes of helplessness that froze others. He stopped. He stepped over the high curb of hurry despite being busy taking his two daughters home from before, before he went to work. This middle-aged black man from Harlan who had little common with the white Harvard student close to do what no one else, chose to do what no one else at that scene selected to do. He chose to cross over. After he stood across the subway platform, jumped down in the ditch and covered Cameron's bloodied, withering body with his own, and he held against the ground. Mr. Archie laid down on Mr. Uh, on Cameron, his heart pounding, pressing him down in a space roughly a foot deep, and the train's brakes screeched, but it could not stop in time. Five cars rolled overhead before the train stopped, and the car began inches, and the, the cars passing inches from his head. Smudging his blue knit cap with grease, Mr. Autry heard onlookers scream, and, and he responded, We're okay down here, but I got two daughters up there. Let them know that your father's okay. And he heard the cries of wonders and applause. And power was cut, and workers got them out. Cameron, a student of the New York Film Academy, was taken to St. Luke's Roosevelt Hospital. It only bumps and bruises, said his grandfather. The police said it appeared that Cameron had suffered a seizure. Autry had made a difference by crossing over. It's my challenge here today is don't back off the crossovers. Let God lead us. Take us or may it seem the impossible, but trust him. And amazing things not only happen to us in our life, but what a testimony 
that we have a God that can be trusted. And I believe it will inspire people to trust him, to go further with God. Would you bow your heads in prayer, please? Where are we at with this? Are you here? Maybe you're here without a relationship with God. And you've heard God's call. Let's answer. Let's say, okay, yes, God, I will trust you. Heavenly Father, we're so grateful that Jesus Christ was willing to cross over from heaven to earth. Cross over from deity to flesh and blood. From the throne of heaven to a manger, to the old rugged cross, the cross from life to death, from the cross to the grave. And praise God, he passed and was willing to pass from death to resurrection. And Jesus Christ, God, you sent him to do that for me and for us. And Father, may I be willing by the Spirit of God to use my life and all that I have and all the gifts that you've given me and all the resources of my family to cross over for others that they may know that we have a God that won't let us down, that we have a God that's true to his word and can be trusted. In the precious name of Jesus Christ, amen. I'm going to ask you to remain seated, but we're going to sing a, an old hymn called I Surrender All. I'm going to ask for those that uh, would be back there ready at the prayer stations, and if you'd like to pray with somebody, as we sing this first verse, you just go back there, pray with them. And you know, one of the things that... Um, good prayer to pray if you are weak in faith or you're wrestling with faith just have somebody pray with you about your faith say God I, I need you I need and so you would pray about faith say God I, help me with this decision it comes to a place of surrendering at all and just launching out and say, God, I'm in your arms. I'm in your care. So we sing that first verse. If you'd like to come and pray, there's be people right in the back there that they're ready to pray with you. All to Jesus I surrender
that um, we're going to receive communion at this time. And I'm going to invite you, if you'd like to receive communion, to stand. Just make your way to the middle aisle and go to each side. Take the element and uh, go back to your seat. They're in a cup, both the juice and the cracker. If your heart is prepared to take the Lord's Supper, communion, I ask you to take the little cracker that represents the broken body of Jesus Christ. Truly, it was something that he was willing to allow his body to be handed over to the soldiers and to be broken be sacrificed to pay the penalty for our sins. And we're grateful for that. Father, as we think back 2,000 years ago, and we need your help to even imagine what you went through. The humility, being shamed, all forsaken. You did this all alone, and even God the Father's sin laid upon you was turned his head from you. I understand all that, but God, I know that it, it was a big uh, and deep moment. Deepest that ever that, that anyone could ever go through. So thankful you're willing to do that for us. But amazing God, you are. In Jesus' name, let's take. And hopefully you got the other side open without spilling it on your clothes. So the blood, 
Jesus Christ certainly covers our sin. So the judgment God passes over. We are thankful for that. Because of that, we can cross over, be with Jesus Christ as well. Father, thank you for the precious blood covers our sin. It's so rich and deep, holy, that it's a sufficient covering for us because we couldn't stand before you, God, without that being taken care of. So thank you for that, your precious blood for us. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's take the cup. If we can be a help to you in any way, please let us know. There's connection cards back there. Um, if you put out your information, we'll be glad to get back with you. If questions, anything we can help you with, your praise or prayer. So I'm going to ask you to stand, and I've been looking forward to this new song that we're introducing to. I don't know if they were going to say anything, so I'm maybe spilling. Oh, Fred, you're going to say something about it. All right, either go way, for it. Either way. Go for it, man. <laughs> Before we turn you loose on the world, we're going to do one more song together. This is a uh, new song, and for those of you that might know it, we ask that you would uh, sing out loudly, and for those of you that don't know it, Rory's going to show it to you. I love you, Lord. Oh, your mercy never fails me all my days. I've been held in your hands From the moment that I wake up Till I lay my head I will sing of the goodness of
Thank you and go with God.